Can we all agree that professional development is sometimes an overwhelming and complex process? When it comes to reading for your professional development, you've got a couple of choices. You could spend hours at a bookstore searching through their limited book selection, or you could let the Amazon algorithm choose your books for you. And once you finally decide on what to read, it's not always clear how to apply what you learn into your specific role or into your specific business. Thankfully, there's a better way. The Simple Brand Book Club, a monthly reading program designed for busy leaders who want to grow themselves, strengthen their team, and grow their business. Group discussion, action plans, private author Q&A, and more. This is your monthly book club to help you learn how to provide a simple experience to your customers, to your people, and to yourself. And when you sign up for the Simple Brand Book Club by August 31st, you get your first three months for just $3 a month. Hey, that's less than two Doritos Locos Tacos from Taco Bell. So don't make your professional development any more complicated than it has to be. Join the Simple Brand Book Club at mattliles.com slash book club. Welcome to the Simple Brand Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you create simple experiences for your customers and for your team members. Each week, we're bringing you amazing interviews with business leaders and authors who will teach you how to differentiate your business with the one thing your customers need the most, simplicity. Your customers live in a complex world. Let's make it simple. Now, here's your host, Matt Lyles. When I look across the marketing landscape, storytelling is still one of the biggest buzzwords today. Most any and every CMO likes to tell you that they embrace storytelling in their marketing. It's not ball bearings anymore. It's all storytelling nowadays. That was my Fletch reference there. But here's the thing. Storytelling is overused today. Don't get me wrong. Storytelling itself is valuable impactful, and absolutely necessary for creating and managing a relationship with your customers. What's getting overused is the term storytelling. And it's being overused because marketers are simply slapping it on to whatever they think storytelling is. There's a reason everyone's talking about storytelling. It's because true storytelling works. But there's also a reason why storytelling isn't working for so many marketers, it's because they're doing it wrong. And that's why I'm happy to talk with J.J. Peterson this week. J.J. is the Senior Director of StoryBrand, where he's helped over 10,000 businesses learn how to clarify their message so they can thrive. He's the co-host of both the Business Made Simple podcast and the Marketing Made Simple podcast. He's the co-author of the book Marketing Made Simple, and he's just an all-around fun guy. JJ and I talk about how most brands are using storytelling in the wrong way and how the story brand framework can help them do it in the right way that'll help them hook and engage customers for the long term so their business really thrives. And one of the great things about the story brand framework, and you'll hear us talk about it in the interview, is that it can be used beyond just marketing. If you're giving a presentation to an audience, if you're making a proposal to a potential client, if you're pitching a new idea to your leadership, if you're simply trying to influence someone else to take action, you're going to see much better results when you use the story brand framework. So here it is. Here's my interview with JJ Peterson. Hey, JJ, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. So, of course, I've been following and trying to use the story brand framework uh, <laughs> in my work and then the work that I've done with others for a number of years now. Yeah. But for those who aren't familiar with story brand, what is story brand? Yeah. So story brand really got started because so many companies are so close to their marketing and messaging that they are confusing their customers with what they're putting out there. They use too much jargon. They don't keep it simple enough. 
and they overwhelm their customers and, and really are telling the wrong story. Story is such a buzzword in branding and marketing right now, but most companies are telling the wrong story. And so at StoryBrand, what we do is we come in and we work with companies using a seven-part framework that is based on story, ancient story principles, and we help companies clarify their message and create a clear story that engages their customers and, uh, and helps their business grow. Wait, so what do you mean by an ancient story <laughs> framework? How ancient is that? Um, I mean, really, we, I can for specifically trace it back to like Aristotle and, Pla- Aristotle and Plato. Um, wow. They were the ones who really kind of studied story and its impact on society as a whole really understanding like how story works, what types of stories you need, the flow that stories need to have. And really all stories in their most basic element are essentially the same story. (laughs) There are seven pieces. Now, if, if you're writing a movie or a novel, there's actually a few more points you have to hit like around between 30 and 40, depending on the type of story you're writing. But every, almost every story, a good story anyway, really has seven pieces to it. And these pieces have been used for centuries, you know, from Aristotle and Plato all the way up to screenwriters today. It sounds like that's the framework that works. Yeah. (laughs) So, So you talked about companies not doing storytelling in the right way. So how are they doing it wrong? Well, most companies to start with don't understand how story works. So they're missing pieces of the story. But the biggest thing really is that companies try to position themselves as the hero of the story. And you're not the hero of your story. Your customer is the hero of the story. And that's a big problem when you try to make yourself a hero. In fact, that's what a lot of marketers do because we think that when we're telling our story, that we're when we're creating websites and emails, that we have to kind of like pump ourselves up and make ourselves look great, and especially compared to the competition. And what happens is every human wakes up every morning as the hero of their own story. You know, my... I'm the hero of my story in the sense that like I woke up this morning and I had to take my dog for a walk and I had to get everything ready and then go to the office and do a webinar. And I I had all these things to overcome and I'm thinking about my day. Right. And so essentially I am the star of my own movie. (laughs) You know, we all, we all kind of see ourselves as that. And if your customer is the hero of their story and you as a company are trying to position yourself as the hero of your story, then really you're in competing stories, right? Your customer essentially has to lose money for you to win. So you have to win the story and your customer has to lose or the customer wins the story and you lose, you know, they become the hero of the story. And so when you try to position yourself as the hero in your branding and marketing, you actually are in competition with your customer. But if you can figure out, and this is what we've done with the story brand framework, how to position yourself as the guide in your customer's story. Now, what you're doing is you're not telling your story. You're actually inviting your customers into a story that they want to live. They have something they need and they have problems they need to overcome. And they need a guide to help them win the day who gives them a plan and calls them to action that results in either success or failure. And so you need to think of yourself, everybody listening needs to think of themselves as Yoda and your customer is Luke Skywalker. You know, you are Hamish and your customer is Katniss or you are Gandalf and your customer is Frodo. Every story, every good story has a guide in it who helps the hero win the day. And when you can position yourself as the guide and your customer is the hero, then you're not in competing stories. You're in the same story. And you're actually inviting your customers into a story that they get to win. I love that. I love that approach. And it took me a while to really understand that and to understand why it was valuable. But after seeing so many companies, especially on their websites, their social content, their content marketing, um, it's it's a lot of just talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. And my boys have been studying have been studying birds in school this past year. And uh-huh. so one, so one of the things that I thought of was like, well, all these companies are just preening 
you know, like just just like raising up their own feathers and trying to make themselves yeah. look good in front of the customer to win the customer over. And that's not the way you win. Yeah. And most of us, I mean, most people that are in business are there because they believe that they have something that can help people. That's just the truth. And the reality is many of us actually feel gross kind of doing that preening, right? Like putting our peacock feathers up. Right. Like it feels gross to us, but we feel like we have to do it because that's what marketing is. It's selling and you have to sell yourself, you know, always be selling. And it's like, well, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe we can actually approach our marketing with a more generous perspective and a way that we are actually inviting people into the story that they get to win, right? And by win, what I mean is that their problems get to be overcome, Every product out there, the only reason you should be existing in business is because you solve somebody's problem. So when you can talk about the problem you solve and you can talk about how you solve it, maybe how you solve it even differently than your competitor, then what you're doing is you're getting your customer to pay attention to your marketing because you're positioning yourself as a solution to a problem, not as something they need to spend money on. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been telling my boys, like as we've been watching like a lot of action hero movies and other, and other types of movies is that a lot of the stories can be relatable because people like to see themselves mm-hmm. in the story. And mm-hmm. I think that helps when the customer can see themselves in that story that you're telling, you know, yep. if they can say, Oh yeah, that is me. I do go through those challenges. Oh, I can have that great outcome too. Yeah. And what you're talking about there is actually um, part of communication theory called narrative transportation. So when somebody sees themselves in a story, they start putting themselves in the story. That's called narrative transportation. So you're transporting into the narrative. And so like if you've ever jumped at a scary movie or you've cried because you've gotten emotionally involved, you've experienced narrative transportation. Now, when the story actually follows the formula and it has what's called, we're getting a little deep here, but (laughs) I love this. Yeah, that's great. When it follows kind of the formula, the formula forces the story to have two things, what are called fidelity and coherency. Basically it makes sense and it sticks together. And when the story has fidelity and coherency, it actually is a better story and people experience higher levels of narrative transportation. Now, why that is important, that's important for stories and movies because like they're going to sell more, right? When people like feel a part of the story, they see themselves. But the research shows that the higher level of narrative transportation people experience, the more impact that has on their thoughts and their actions. So the more you see yourself in a movie or a story, the more likely you are to actually change your thoughts and actions. That's what, like when people say, I got lost in a book, right? Yeah. That, that actually has the influence over your thoughts and actions. Well, the research goes on even further to show that people can experience narrative transportation, obviously in movies and, and books, but they can experience it in marketing as well. And in fact, you don't even need to write a full story or for full novel. People can experience narrative transportation in an Instagram post, And so when you're marketing, so now we kind of go back to what we were originally talking about. When your marketing actually tells a good story because it follows the formula, meaning it has all of the pieces to it, so it actually has fidelity and coherency, people will see themselves in in your marketing story. They will experience narrative transportation. And ultimately, that has a greater impact on their thoughts and their actions, which leads to higher engagement and more sales. That's it. But you mentioned something earlier, and this kind of stood out to me. You mentioned that you can even have this level of storytelling in an Instagram post. So how can you make sure that you have that right story? How can you make sure that you have the right level of fidelity and coherency even in short form social content, even down to just one tweet. Yeah. So what it really goes down to is you almost have to start at the beginning and identify what the story is that you're going to tell overall in your marketing. 
And we use the story brand framework and it's a seven part framework. And what it does is it forces you to identify your customer story. And so the first thing you need to, need to do is really clarify your message and create that clear story that is targeted at the right customers. And so the seven parts that we help people create are first, well, I'll, I'll go through the seven really quickly and say what the seven parts are and then kind of go back and apply it to movies and marketing. Sounds so, great. So the seven elements are there is a character who wants something, who encounters a problem, who meets a guide, who gives them a plan, who calls them to action that results in either success or failure. That's the story formula. Character, problem, guide, plan, call to action, success, failure. And that played out in a movie looks like, um, you know, Katniss in Hunger Games needs to win the Hunger Games. She she wants to save her sister. And so she, in order to do that, the problem is she has to compete in the Hunger Games. And she's never done this before. So she meets a guide, Hamich, who has been there before, done it, understands what it's like to be in the Hunger Games. He gives her a plan, which is that they have to win over sponsors. And then there's a moment, a call to action, when she must compete in the in the games. And then we know that this could end tragically failure in that she could die or success that she lives and tyranny is destroyed. Right. That's the basic plot. Same thing with Luke Skywalker. You know, Luke Skywalker wants to become a Jedi. And really what he wants to know is, does he have what it takes? Like, who is he? And so, but in the meantime, he encounters the Empire. That's the problem that comes in. He meets a guide, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, who give him a plan that really is to trust the Force and to trust himself. Then he ultimately has this moment where the, the Death Star is going to destroy a planet. So he has to be called to action to destroy it. And we know failure, if he, if he fails this mission, then he is, then everybody dies. And, and if he wins, then the empire is destroyed and everybody lives happily ever after. So that's every movie. You can really like plot it with those seven points. So when it comes to your marketing, what you need to do is you need to identify what it is that your customer wants. What's the one thing your customer is looking for? And really speak that clearly. Um, so many companies are very vague about what they actually do in their marketing and messaging. They'll say something like innovative brand solutions. And it's like, I, I have no idea what that means. Okay. Or, yeah. you know, they're like a business coach and they'll say their marketing will just say, we'll take you to the mountaintops. And it's like, well, I don't, I'm, I don't want to go hiking. What, what, what's happening here? You know, and, and they're not just really specific and clear about what it is that their customer is looking for. And that's what really invites the customer in, articulating that. So identifying what your customer wants and then identifying what problems that are getting in the way of them getting what they want. So let's, I'm going to use a lawn care company example kind of through this whole story. So let's say my, my lawn is overgrown, so I need to hire a land, a landscaping company. So what I want is I want a great yard, right? That's what I want. But the problem is that um, I, the problem is that I, uh, my lawn is overgrown and I don't know what, how to fix it, right? So that's just the external problem. Right. And then there is, there's another layer of problem that the, that people are facing is what's called the internal problem. So the internal problem is really what is driving people's purchasing decisions. So if the external problem is that my lawn is overgrown, if I am not overwhelmed by that or frustrated by that or embarrassed by that, I'm not hiring anybody to clean up my yard, right? So the external problem doesn't really drive me. It's the internal problem. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I'm embarrassed to have people over. So those really are two problems. And there's a third problem that's a little more intricate, but the really thing people need to pay attention to is identifying what is the external problem and the internal problem that is getting in the way of what your customer wants. 
I don't think enough businesses recognize and focus on that internal problem. And sometimes like we'll, we'll ask people that question, well, what is it that keeps you up at night? Yes. In this situation, what's keeping that homeowner up at night isn't the tall grass. It's the feeling of overwhelm. It's the feeling of being embarrassed by his neighbors. That's what's keeping them up at night. And that's that internal problem. Yeah. And people often in their marketing try to sell to solve external problems and people buy to solve internal problems. So you have to talk about the external problem in order to get people in the door to to really hook them in the story. But then you really need to talk about solving their internal problem as well. So then once you have identified and created language around clearly stating what the customer wants, the hero, the customer, then identifying the problems that they're experiencing, both external and internal, then what you need to do is position yourself as a guide. And a guide always positions themselves with empathy and authority. That's it. They understand the pain that the, that the hero is going through, and they've already won the day. So Hamish understands the pain Katniss is going through, but he won the Hunger Games. That's the only reason he matters in the story is because he's trying to help her overcome her problem of winning the Hunger Games. Right. If she wanted to start a bakery, he's just another drunk in the town. He has no part in the story, right? So the only reason he matters is because he's felt her problem and he knows how to win. And that's what you need to talk about when you talk about yourself. You need to have empathy and authority as a brand. And those two things have to go together. You can't have one without the other. So what you really need to do is create a statement that just says, we get it. We understand the problems you're experiencing. We understand how frustrating that can be, but we've also won the day. So for the lawn care company, you can say, we understand how frustrating it can be to, or we we understand how overwhelming it can be to try to clear out your yard, which is why we've created a simple process and helped over a hundred homeowners in your area love their yard. So empathy and authority, we get it that it's overwhelming, but we've also helped a whole bunch of other people win this. And then you need to give them a plan. The plan is just a simple way to show that the hero can win the day. So in a movie, you hear all the time, like, what's the plan? Or here's the plan. You hear that in almost every movie. And in your marketing, your customers need to see that there is a way forward for them to win. So you need to create a three-step plan that tells them how to do business with you. So with a lawn care company, it would just be, you know, all you need to do is schedule an estimate. We'll come to your house and see what's there. We'll take care of it um, and clean up all the mess. And then you're going to love your yard. One, two, three. That's it. We'll schedule an estimate. We'll come to your house and fix it. I mean, schedule an estimate, come see what, um, what needs to be done. Two, we'll take care of everything and take everything away. And three, you'll love your yard. Then there needs to be a moment where the hero is called to action. So there must be something they have to accept or reject. And in that case, it's kind of like the buy now button or schedule an appointment that you create. So with the lawn care, it would be like, so schedule your estimate now. And then we have to cast a vision for what both failure and success looks like so that the customer can see what's at stake in the story, right? If there's nothing at stake in the story, then we, then it's not a great story, right? Like if, if I'm rushing in a movie to disarm a bomb and that bomb is full of baby powder, I stop running through traffic, right? It's like, right. oh, this will be funny when it explodes. It's no longer, there's nothing at stake. No big deal. Yeah. So we have to show people that there's something at stake if they don't buy the product or service. And you don't want to be heavy handed with this, but basically you're going to say if you're going to continue to be overwhelmed by the yard, but it actually might get a little bit worse and and then it's going to cost more. Right. So that's the failure is casting a vision for what failure is like. And success is saying, but when you schedule this appointment, we're going to come in and do it really easily. And then you're going to love, not only love the um, your yard, but you're going to be want to invite everybody over. Cast a vision for what it's like. And so those are the seven elements. And what we do is we come in and we work with a company and say, all right, you just need to create messaging points for each of those pieces of the story. And then 
what we do is we show them how to use those in marketing. And so in certain pieces of marketing, you might use all seven and in certain pieces, you might use one. So for instance, in, um, in an email or like your website, maybe you tell the full story, you include all seven pieces on there. But going back to your original question, maybe on an Instagram post, all you're doing is telling the problem. So let's say you're a hair care company for kids and you say something like, you know, in an Instagram post, do you struggle with tangles in your kid's hair or do your kids have sensitive, a sensitive scalp? So you're just starting to hook them with that problem. And then maybe you give the plan. And so you say, so you could either just say that like first, just do your kids have sensitive scalp? Call us. Or you can say, do you have sensitive scalp? And then give them a plan. We have a shampoo that all you need to do is apply once a day. That's step one. Two, check your kid's scalp, see how they're doing. And three, never have to worry about tangles again. You know, something like that. One, two, three. And so you're just using one or two pieces of the story in your Instagram post. But if you're telling the right story, even those small pieces will invite people in and they'll experience narrative transportation. That really helps out, especially as it relates to the different channels and the different formats. Yeah, that's the part of it is you don't have to use all seven pieces, but the reality is you can only use the seven pieces. When you start using anything outside of that, that's when things get complicated. You're shooting a whole bunch of stories and different messages at your customers. They get confused. They're overwhelmed. You just want to keep it simple. Clarity will win out every time. A lot of people focus on being cute and clever with their branding because they think that's what's going to make them stand out. But the reality is that every day now we receive between three and 5,000 commercial messages a day, depending on which study you watch, right. you, to, you know, three to 5,000. So everybody's trying to be cute and clever. The messages that are going to stand out are the ones that are clear. Yeah. And I'll see big brands that have a cute and clear message. And a lot of times, like I'll, I'll think they're all, they're small business owners that want to be cute and clever as well. But what they don't understand is they don't have the history and the level of brand awareness that these big brands already have. These big, big global brands have earned the right to be cute and clever, so to speak. Yeah. And you can be cute and clever, but never at the expense of clarity. And right. I think, you know, what you're talking about there is there really is a difference between branding and marketing. Branding is how you make people feel. So it's logos and music and colors and all of this stuff on your website. And that's what everybody tends to focus on initially. But the truth is marketing is not, so branding is how you make people feel, but marketing answers really three questions. What do you do? How does it make my life better? And how do I get it? And if we skip over the marketing part and go to branding, then we're actually confusing our customers. Now, Nike and Apple and FedEx and some of those huge companies They don't have to do marketing because we already know what do they do? How do I get it? And how does it make my life better? We already know the answers to those questions because they're so ingrained in us. But for everybody else, we don't need, we don't have the luxury of going to that branding place. And so people spend a ton of money on logos and on colors and on web design. And in reality, they're just like, you know, what we say is you can give a monkey a bullhorn and make him louder, but nobody's still going to understand what he's saying. (laughs) And that's what, that's what a lot of, a lot of companies are doing. They're creating these beautiful websites, but that's just like giving a monkey a bullhorn, you know, you're, you're, you're just not, you're, you're loud, but it's, it's just noise. And if you focus on the clarity first, keep it simple. And, and this really is for, I mean, I, I work with huge, huge brands, huge brands, multi-billion dollar brands, and we, we teach them this as well. But really, I would say anybody that's under like a $50 million company, I, I wouldn't even worry about branding. Make it the second or third thought. Make your messaging and marketing clear first. Start there. 
and then move to branding. Um, because if you start the other way around, then you're you're going to basically, things will become too precious. Your logo and your tagline, like people always start out with taglines. Taglines are great, but most of the time taglines do not answer the question, what do you do? How does it make my life better? And how do I get it? Just do it does not answer that. No. Nike can afford to do that. We can't. Right. And a lot of small business owners don't understand this is that when you focus on your marketing and your message, when you make all that clear first and you're able to grow your business faster, you'll be able to fine tune and hone your branding without any detriment to your brand. Yes. So you don't have to worry about all that. You, like, you, you can evolve it over time. Yep. hundred percent. Exactly. Did you know that in addition to my podcast and my articles, I speak to audiences all over to help them simplify their customer experience and simplify their employee experience. I've spent the last few years leading a crusade of simplicity across the globe. If you want a winning brand, you have to provide a simple experience to your customers and to your team members. Whether it's a live event or a virtual event, I'd love to partner with you and teach your audience how to do just that. With over a decade in marketing, I know how to hook and captivate an audience. And as a speaker, I know how to connect with that audience. Along with my lessons, I use stories and humor to keep everyone engaged and inspired. Then they leave with the knowledge and next steps to transform their business. As an event planner, you're managing lots of details to give your audience the most memorable event. The last thing you need is a speaker who will make your event memorable for all the wrong reasons. Not only will I leave your audience energized and inspired, I'll make it easy for your team to work with me. Hey, if I've built my brand around simplicity, then you know I'm going to make it simple for you. When you visit mattliles.com speaking, you'll find everything you need to know, including details on my topics, promotional materials, and most importantly, a link to connect with my team so we can book your event. So visit mattliles.com slash speaking. I can't wait to help your audience brand out from the crowd. You talked about the difference between branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think much of marketing is about developing and building a relationship with customers. So how does the story brand framework fit with that concept of relationships? Yeah. So the first part is it identifies who you want to be in a relationship with. So it really hones in your message to get the right customers, quote unquote, in the room, into the top of your sales funnel. And that really is really key because, you know, there's different kind of sales techniques, but like a lot, a lot of people in sales really say, one of the best things you can do is get to know quickly (laughs) to get people out of your funnel who are not actually your customers. Don't waste time on them. And so first off, by having a clear message, you're inviting the right type of customer into the story that you don't have to waste time either in person or over the phone or in emails, trying to convince somebody to, to work with you that probably shouldn't be working with you. It lets you hone in on the right type of customer you want to build a relationship with. And then what you need to do is figure out how to foster that relationship. So you have your core messaging. You have your core story. Once you clarify that and get it all down, like on one piece of paper, then you need to start putting that into a sales funnel, right? And the sales funnel is really designed to build relationship with your customer. And we would say what, what we, again, we try, we keep it simple. We, we use stuff that works and we want it to be easy. That's the problem with a lot of marketing. It's really complicated. It's overwhelming and it doesn't give you the return that you're looking for. So we want to keep marketing easy and we want it to work. And so we teach people a five-part sales funnel. And the five-part sales funnel is really built on how relationships work. So every relationship that people get into really goes through three phases. The first phase is curiosity. So if I'm at a party and I see somebody attractive across the way, 
I'm curious about them. I want to know more about them. I, I want to find out who they are, you know, or I hear them tell a story about the time they spent a summer in Paris. And I'm like, well, that's inter- interesting. I want to know more. Yeah. So I become curious and I approach them. And then we begin to talk and we get to know each other. And we move in from curiosity to enlightenment. So you might then go out on some dates, right? And you're learning more about this person. You're learning more about your connection with them and everything. And then at a certain point, there comes a time where you need to move into commitment. If the relationship is going to continue to grow, you move into the commitment phase. And so that's the really the three phases where you ask them to marry you, or even if it's earlier commitment, it's go on a date, right? So those are the three phases we go in relationship, curiosity, enlightenment, commitment. A lot of companies, when they're doing their marketing, try to jump to the commitment phase quickly. So they're just asking for the sale. And for some, for some brands that actually really works, right? Like if you, if your sales cycle is super short, like you sell ice cream cones and you're driving down the street, you're not really developing a whole relationship. You're jumping to commitment pretty quick. Right. But for most of us, if the sales cycle is at all long or even, a, you know, a, just a, any period of time, we have to onboard people into relationship with us through those three phases. So we use a sales funnel to do that. And there are five things in the sales funnel. A one-liner, which is just basically a quick explanation, almost like an elevator pitch of what you do, a website, a lead generator, sales emails, and nurture emails. So those are the five things. Those I, I would argue that almost everybody, those are really the main five things you need. A one-liner, a website, a lead generator, a sales email sequence, and a nurture email sequence. The one-liner and the website are designed to engage people at the curiosity level. They're just, most people think we have to like, somebody says, what do we do? What do you do? And you have to go into all of the details about it. You don't, you just need to make people curious. And same with your website. The average person, depending again on the research you read, spends between three and five seconds on a website. So you only have three to five seconds to make them curious about you. So if you're throwing all this language and jargon at them, then you're overwhelming them and they're not going to be, they're not going to be interested and be more curious. The website needs to be designed, at least the landing page to make people curious. That's it. Get people engaged. Then when you go a little bit deeper in the website, maybe the second or third pages, you start then moving into the enlightenment phase where now you can kind of educate a little bit more, enlighten them about what you do, how you do it, why it's special. And that's also where the lead generator comes in. The lead generator continues to educate your customer on what you do and what you offer. Then the sales sequence really brings people into that commitment phase. The sales emails are then designed to help people buy your product, really get in that relationship with you. And then the nurture, basically the nurture emails are after they go through a sales sequence, you want to continue to nurture that relationship. So maybe they didn't buy the first time that you asked them to buy with a sales sequence. Well, now you kind of move them back into the enlightenment phase and you continue to send emails that show your value, give them tips, give them tricks, offer them something for free that continues to enlighten them so that you can at some point come back and ask them for the commitment again. And those really are the five things you need, a one-liner, website, uh, lead generator, sales emails, nurture emails, and that will help people enter into that relationship, move from curiosity to enlightenment to commitment. And so with these five things, I mean, do, do you see that as being valuable no matter what your business is, no matter what size your business is? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I was just with a multi-billion dollar company last week um, in Texas, and we did this with them. And then if you are a brand new entrepreneur um, or, or a small business owner, this works for you as well. And it, it doesn't matter if it's B2B. Uh, B2C, if you're a nonprofit even, um, or even in reality, if you are, let's say you're in middle management, right? You're, you're somewhere where you actually have to lead a group of people. Well, you want to have a clear message on what you're trying to accomplish and where you're headed and really position your, um, your employees or the people who report to you 
as the heroes. And so you need to identify what is it that they want? What are the problems that are getting in the way? What's my plan for them? What does life look like if they follow the plan or don't? And cast that vision and then reinforce that vision in a one-liner in, you, you could build a website, but in emails and in, in speeches and yep. everything. And even if you're presenting a new initiative to your superiors or, yes. or even to your board, then position, positioning them as the heroes and say, hey, this new project, this new service that we, that we want to do, this is going to make you guys the hero. Yeah. And even so, let's just run through that scenario really quick. Let's create, sure, yeah. you know, like, so you are, you're getting ready to try to in, in get your bosses to buy in and you need to do a PowerPoint presentation or you need to give a little like 10 minute speech, right? So you need to follow the example of the story framework. So whenever I get up to give a speech, uh, like, let's say I'm giving the story brand framework to a group of people, I'll get up and say, Everybody is here because they want to grow their business. Like I just start out with that phrase, which is what the character wants, right? So I say, everybody in this room wants to grow their business, but here's the problem. Most people are putting a confusing, confusing message out there. They're actually turning their customers off. And it's actually worse than that. Not only are they doing it, but they're wasting money on marketing. They're frustrating their team members, and they're not able to create the life they want with their business. So what did I just do? I started the speech with what the character wants and with the problem, and that hooks them in. And then you position yourself as the guide. So you say, you know what? I get it. I actually am in that same spot too. I was a marketer myself, and it was. I remember staring at a blank email page wondering what I was supposed to write. But once I discovered StoryBrand, now I not only know how to create emails and websites for myself, but I have helped thousands of companies do this all over the world. Here's how we do it. One, we come in and we teach your company how story works. Two, we actually um, then create your brand story on one piece of paper. And then three, we teach you how to put that in a five-part sales funnel. All you need to do to get started is really bring us in to work with you. And once you do, you're going to see very quickly that you're going to stop confusing customers and overwhelming them. And instead, you're actually going to be able to connect with more people and grow your business. That's a 30-second pitch at the beginning of any talk. So you're, you're talking to your supervisor. You, you don't start with, hey, you know, so we came up with a solution for where we're headed. No, no, no. You start with, we know as a company, this is what we're trying to accomplish, but here's the problem. And then you just talk about the problem for a couple minutes and ramp it up. But it's not, that you, not just that bad. It's actually worse. And not only that, it's actually worse. But here's the thing is I get it because I'm just as frustrated as you guys. So here's what we've started to come up with of what a plan that's going to overcome this problem. And when we do, this is what life is going to look like. So let me walk you through what solution we came up with to overcome these problems. That's it. And that's your entire presentation then really is about the plan, but always open with the character want and the problem. And then in the reality is always close with it too. The last thing you say is the last thing people are going to remember. And really they remember the first and last thing you do. So you say at the very end, hey, just a reminder, this is a really big problem, but we have a solution to move forward. And that's it. Don't get up and introduce yourself and say, you know, hey, my name is JJ and um, I actually have a PhD in communication and I love being here. Boy, are my I'm excited to be here. Yeah, no, don't start with that. Hook them, hook them right in the beginning. If you get up and start talking about yourself, you make the story about you. If you get up and start talking about the problem, you make the story about them. Wow. That makes so much sense. And I don't think enough people, you know, in in the situation that you just described, like where you're in a larger corporate setting, you're in middle management, your director trying to present this solution to your officers or your board. I don't think that people understand that framework and how well it works. Oh, it's fan. I mean, when, uh, when I had a whole bunch of employees, that's what I use. Even oh. in, like, you know, you're just sitting there, even just with employees and going, hey, you know, this is what we all want, right? You know, you're trying to get people all on board to this initiative and you have to don't start with the initiative. You know, hey, we're moving into a new HR framework. So everybody needs to get on board. 
No. <laughs> Start with, here's what we all want. We all want good health coverage and we all want to know what our benefits are, but here's the problem. Right. And do. start there. Or like if I'm going to my boss, Donald Miller, who created this, and I want to do something different, like here's something I wanted to change something for our we do um, marketing workshops. So we do a live stream marketing workshop where companies can like come and sign up and they we go through this whole process with them on like over Zoom. And then they so we teach the framework and then we actually put them with coaches to help them through the process so that they know they're doing it right. So we give them coaches and over two days, they clarify their message. Well, I wanted to change something about it. I wanted to lower the number of people in a Zoom room. So we were at 12, 12 companies for one coach and I wanted to lower it to eight. And I knew that was gonna benefit our customers and also benefit our coaches and all of this stuff. But there was a financial cost to us as a company that this was going to take, right? So of course, yeah. I can go in and say, hey, I need to hire double the coaches. And I know that it's going to give our customers experience and it's going to give our coaches a better experience. But for my boss, it's just going to cost him money. <laughs> and so I have to figure out how to pitch that to him, that change that I want to make without just saying, hey, we need to do this for better customer experience. I need to say, here's what we want. We want to grow our live stream workshop and we want our customers to experience more success. But here's the problem. We have too many people in the coaching room, right? And I have to go through the process and then I present the numbers and how it all works and why it's a good investment. But it's all based on here's what you want, but here's the problem. And here's how we fix this problem. And so I was able to get it to where we now have twice as many coaches at our live stream. And our rooms have gone from 12 people with one coach down to eight people with one coach. And our VIP rooms have four. So it's a much better experience for the coaches, a much better experience for the customers. And uh, word of mouth is starting to spread even more because of that. We have more repeat customers because of it. There you go. And and then that's that's that value of being able to make that change. And mm-hmm. then then there's there's that uh that other story of here's what happens if you don't do that. Yeah. This exactly. problem just remains. Exactly. And you have to cast that vision. That's the thing is and th- those two pieces that stakes part of the story, the very end success and failure. We're all very busy. We're all very busy. So we like when I'm presenting a a project or something, I assume people know what the end result is, that there's that what the happy ending looks like. We're going to make more money. Our customers are going to be more happy. I actually have to say those words. And because if you don't say those words, then people aren't going to make that leap themselves. So you also have to do that. That's really important in your marketing. You have to cast a vision. Think about what does your customers look like look like after they buy your product or service and state it. You know, you're no longer going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be loving your yard and then go a step further and really almost make it visual. Imagine being able to invite the entire neighborhood over to, for a barbecue. Imagine being the house that all the kids want to play at, right? Now you're actually casting a vision that is visual that people can see themselves in. And once again, experience more narrative transportation, which then ultimately creates more influence over their thoughts and actions. Right. You can go from overwhelmed to relaxed and from embarrassed to proud. Exactly. Exactly. But you need to state that in your marketing because they won't do it on their own. They won't, they won't make that leap on their own. Right. Nobody really likes to have their brain do that much work because we're doing so much throughout the day anyway. Exactly. So really by clarifying your message for any audience, but let's specifically talk about for your marketing, by clarifying your message, getting a clear and tight story that is told in the same way over and over again, that unifies your team and gets everybody on the same page. When you do that work, that means that your customer doesn't have to do the work to get to do business with you. You make it easy for them. It's actually a way of serving them. If you have a cure for their headache and you can't explain it clearly that you have that cure, (laughs) then you actually are doing a disservice to your customer. Because they have a problem that you can solve. 
every one of us in business, we solve problems. We are problem solvers. And if you have a problem that, I mean, a a solution that really does solve a problem for somebody, but you can't communicate it in a clear way that they understand why they need to do business with you, then that is actually a disservice. So it takes some work. You actually, what we say is you actually have to burn the calories to get a clear message so your customer doesn't have to. Oh, wow. I love that analogy of, of burning the calories. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to be burning calories elsewhere. Yep, exactly. Well, no, they're not. That's the thing is they're going to go to where it's easy. Well, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're, they're going to burn calories. Yes. In like finding other things to burn calories on. But when it comes to messaging, they don't want to. So if your competitor has a clear message, even if they have an inferior product, they're going to choose to not burn calories with them and buy their product and miss out on yours. Absolutely. That That's it. And beyond that, beyond just your competitor, if they have an experience and messaging from another business, completely different product, different service, and they don't have to burn calories for that, then they may, may come complain to you. It's like, well, this person made it so easy for me. Why yeah. can't you be more like them? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What would you say is the biggest mistake you see marketers doing and how they can turn that mistake around? I think the biggest is positioning themselves as the hero in the story. So they talk about themselves way too much and they talk about facts that they don't need to talk about. You know, like that my grandfather started the company and this is my favorite ice cream and this is my favorite movie, you know? And we talk about that stuff in our bios and about us sections on our website because we know that it's about building relationship. So we want people to like us. And so we try to find things that are in common with them, movies, ice cream, you know, I played basketball in college, those kind of things. But the reality is they're not looking for another friend. They're looking for a guide. And so the only thing you should be talking about in your marketing, in your bio, look at your, everybody on here can look at their bio right now, even on LinkedIn, you can look on your bio. Don't say what you do or who you are. Say what problems you solve. You just literally say, I have a passion about helping companies create a clear message. I'm, I get so frustrated when I see companies um, wasting money on marketing. That's what like my bios say stuff like that. They don't say, I'm, I have a PhD and I have, I'm a professor at Vanderbilt or all this stuff. No. Or even I was in a Missy Elliott music video. <laughs> Any of that stuff makes you impressed with me, which all of those things are true. It might get you go interested in me and ask me more questions, but I don't put that stuff. I put that like my passion is helping companies clarify their message because it really frustrates me when people waste money on marketing that is overly complicated and doesn't work. And focusing on what the customer cares about mm-hmm. at that moment. Awesome. That is what makes them like you. And trust you. Yeah. And then what, once you've gone through a number of iterations of, uh, of that sales funnel and they've made, you know, multiple commitments with you, then you can start to share some of the personal information. Yep. Exactly. Then, then they go, okay, now let's, um, now let's, let's talk personal stuff, but they're not going to, you know, and that's the thing is even at a party, if you're talking about what you do, like, let's compare these two different situations. Let's say I go to a a party and there are two people who have the same job. They're both at-home chefs. And one, I say, you know, uh, I, I walk up to her and I say, what do you do? And she's like, well, I'm actually an at-home chef and I studied in Paris. And well, now I'm interested in her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where in Paris? I've been to Paris. Uh, what's your specialty? Oh my gosh, I love that food. You know, I love croissants and just kind of start talking through that. The other person, same party I walk up to and I say, hey, what do you do? And they say, well, it really frustrates me when a lot of families actually don't have time to sit down together for a healthy meal these days. So I'm an at-home chef who comes in and prepares meals for families so that they don't have to waste time like going and getting groceries, but can actually enjoy time together and have a healthy meal. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah, that's I am, me. You know, and now I'm interested in 
getting that card. But the other person, I'm like, oh my gosh, where'd you study? I've been to Paris. I'm interested in them. They've made themselves the hero of the story. But if you make your, if you start talking about your customer's problem, you make them the hero. That's it. That That's the biggest lesson from all of this is positioning who the real hero of the story is. Mm-hmm. Well, JJ, last question for you. If you were to create a five song soundtrack for story brand and for uh-huh. your work, what songs would you include? Um, <laughs> let's see. I think I would start with, um, we don't need another hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'd start there and then maybe move into, um, that I can be the, um, wind beneath my wings. Um, you know, Ooh, that, that would be, definitely, you know, that, yeah, a little bit Midler there. Um, you know, in the sense of that, like, I would hope that then my customers would say I'm the <laughs> wind beneath their wings. Um, you know, I, I think only because it has the word problem in it is mo money, mo problem. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it actually really fits, but you know, we need a little more hip hop in there. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, those are the main ones, you know. Um, and then maybe your customer is singing, "I need a hero. I need a hero." You know, <laughs> so holding out for a hero, holding out for a hero. You know, and and then you're saying, "Hey, by the way, I'm not your hero. I'm your guide." Um, and so. <laughs> Those would probably be the main ones. I don't know if I can come up with five, but those would be the ones that I would, you know, include on my list. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I think um, like Foo Fighters, if you're the brand, you can point to your customer and say like, there goes my hero. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. There goes my hero. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. Yep. There we go. I think we've got it. Now, if, if we can only find a song that features a monkey and a bullhorn. You know? Yeah, then, yeah. Um, I think that I'm sure that I don't want to insult anybody, but I, I almost just said some people's names. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, won't, I won't say any artists, you know, out there that, that I feel like are monkeys with bullhorns, but <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty. Of course. Well, JJ, thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, I've learned so much in just a short little bit of time, but I know there's a lot more to learn from you. Where can people go to learn more from you? Yeah. So we put on, like I said, the marketing story brand marketing workshops. Um, and we actually take people through this system, this framework in over two days and help them not only clarify their message, get all their messaging really tight and really clear with a coach that basically says, this is, you're doing it right, or nope, you need to change this. So, you know, you're doing it right. Um, and then we show you how to put that message into a sales funnel. So people can go to storybrand.com and sign up for, we have uh, workshops about every other month um, and they're virtual right now. And so you can sign up there at storybrand.com. But if you're looking to make some quick changes to your website um, or something in that space, then go to five minute marketing makeover.com. That's five minute marketing makeover.com. And you'll get um, a series of videos that just start giving you some tips of things to think about with your marketing right now. Some small tips you can make before you come to the workshop to kind of get you a head start on everything. Excellent. Yeah. So many resources to help you, no matter what size your business is or what you're trying to accomplish. I yep. love that. Exactly. Well, JJ, it's great seeing you. I'm so grateful for all of your lessons and grateful for you being here today. Oh, thanks so much, man. I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with JJ Peterson. So go ahead and check out his book, Marketing Made Simple, and check out his two podcasts, Marketing Made Simple and Business Made Simple. But if you're looking for some quick but impactful lessons that you can immediately apply, then go check out StoryBrand at 5 Minute marketingmakeover.com. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead, hit the subscribe button. It's going to make it so much simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring me, Matt Lyles. You know, we're starting to hear a lot about, and lots of companies are starting to feel the effects of, the Great Resignation. I'm going to talk through that and give you guidance on creating a culture that both curbs the tide of any resignation from your team, 
and makes your organization much more attractive to those who are leaving their jobs and looking for something more. So go ahead and subscribe. You'll automatically get my next episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Simple Brand Podcast. Want to make your listening experience simple and automatically receive each new episode? Visit our website, simplebrandpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're finding value from the Simple Brand Podcast, leave us a rating or review. That helps us get the show to the ears of the people who need it most. Be sure to catch Matt right here next week. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. Until then, keep it simple.